What's Brewing ATX? I'm Jonathan Radcliffe, and as always, I'm alongside my wonderful co-host, Greg Carlson. Howdy. Unfortunately, we are not joined by our third co-host, Ian Grossman, as he is visiting his family out of state for the weekend. Aw. But shout out to him as he is having a birthday next week. Happy and birthday. So thanks for tuning in today. We've got a fun episode for today where we learn about Monstera Brewing Company. A local brewer and their lo- and their process for making beer. Yeah. Usually on the show we drink it. Today we're going to get a little more in depth with the beer itself. Our guest representing Monster is Mr. Shannon Harris. Harris, everybody. What's up? What's up? What's up? ATX and what's drinking? What's brewing? That's what's right. good? Uh, welcome, yeah. man. See his vibes already. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, just a quick reminder: this podcast is your one-stop shop for all things ATX, from tips on the food and beverage scene to developments in the real estate world to interviews with local small businesses and those making a large impact on our community or in our community. And, of course, each week we feature a local beer, wine, or spirit so you can get your little taste of what Austin has to offer. Like I said, this week we're not only sipping on the brew, our brew is the topic. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Hit that subscribe button wherever you tune in to your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, give us that five-star rating and maybe five drop stars. a comment. If you know somebody who should be on the show, let us know. Uh, and also... Be sure to stick around for the weekly brew at the end of the episode where Greg is going to tell us about what's brewing in Hutto. <laughs> All right. Let's get right into it. So typically in this part of the show, we introduce the beer that we are talking about uh, or that we're going to be sipping on throughout the show. Of course, you brought the beer today. So Mr. Harris, enlighten us. What are we drinking today? Uh, I brought in four beers today from all different coasts of America. Uh, A couple of IPAs and a sour. Uh, We got Double Dry Hop Fork Point by Trillium Brewing out of Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. One of the best pale ales that I've ever had, hands down, of all the breweries I've definitely been to across the country and world. Uh, We also have Omni's Omni Pollo Scope Number Five, which is a collaboration with Omni Pollo Brewing. They're based in Sweden, but they collaborated with about 14, 15 other breweries across the world. Spent about three years to cultivate this recipe for this uh, triple IPA. That's 10% ABV. Uh, crazy ass name. Uh, <laughs> then we also got the Blender Series from. Uh, North Park Brewing, they're in Hartford, Connecticut. Their Blender Series is a series of Berliner Weisses that is mixed with different fruits. Uh, today, we got the Raspberry Blender Series version, okay. and it's definitely one of my favorites. And we have the three-way IPA from Fort George. They're up in the Pacific Northwest, and I believe they collaborated with Cloud Burst and Roost Brewing. Uh, both of them are very stellar IPA brewers, but the three-way IPA comes out once a year from Fort George, and they do that collaboration with two other breweries every time they release it. So we're in for a treat. Let me ask you this. Have you been to each of these breweries? I've been to every one of these breweries so far. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's impressive from all over. Okay. Oh, yeah. Which one are you going to have? Uh, I will let y'all have the choice, and then I'll take over. I, I had them all, and they're all this great. So. I, I want this one. What was Woo-hoo! the name on this guy again? So that is Omni Pollo number five. Yeah. What they did is took the name of the each brewery's uh, distinctive IPA and kind of collaborated the names together. So this collaboration 
collaborations with uh, Other Half Brewing, Cellar Maker, Monkish Brewing, Anchorage, Steinberg, Cricket Staves, Veil, Equilibrium. And the name, if I can say it again, yeah, it is yeah. called Fata Mosaic DDH Dream Atomic Dolby Shredder. Oh. Guys, I've never, <laughs> I've never experienced collaboration in being like this. Yeah. yeah. So now you get to try about fifteen breweries all in one can. I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, you, you grab and one. And I'm gonna go ahead with this uh, double dry hop four point because right. I love a good pale ale. That's the favorite oh. one you said. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. There Cheers. we go. Cheers, gentlemen. That's tasty. Whoa. Whoa. Does it oh taste like God damn. That reaction on that Omni wow. Oil 5, though. It's strong. Does it taste like 10 it's, different brews? It does. It's 10% ABV, so that's oh, a triple boy. IPA. That damn. A, I, I don't know if I've ever had triple IPA before. I'm serious. <laughs> that is some strong beer. Yeah. 10%. Yeah, I wanted to do this it for seven. you. seven. I mean, this yeah, is I think, I think you should have went with the, the pale ale. That was only six. Okay. <laughs> Well, so, Greg, be yep. ready. Yeah, be ready, ready, man. Thank you. By the end of this welcome. episode, when, yeah. when Greg does the, um, the the weekly brew, he may be slurring his words, so stay tuned. All right. So. Oh. Yeah. Kick us off it's with the time. questions. It's time, folks, because we want to dig a little deeper, right? We we talk about beer, all, you know, every episode, but we we don't know the chemistry of beer how it's produced and created. Here we have an expert that actually makes his own. So let's let's get into the juice, shall we? Uh, Mr. Mr. Shannon, what's your story and how did you get into the brewing industry? Oh, wow. Um, I've always, well, I wouldn't say that I've always been a crab beer nerd. It really just started, I mean, I used to be simple when it came to beer. Like, yeah. Give me a Coors Light and I Coors call Light. it a day. Like Coors Light was my thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I actually met, I actually, it all started at a, a elite Yelp event about six, seven, no, like seven or eight years ago. Elite Yelp. Yeah, so Elite Yelp, just to transgress a little bit, it's like an exclusive club of Yelp reviewers, and if you review so much and post so many pictures, you become elite, and they have private parties for elite where they take over restaurants and bars and wow. get free food and drinks. All that good stuff. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, catch up, man. Use Yelp. You're a Yelper. I used to be. Yeah, I used to be. I was a pro Yelper, per se. Uh, No, I went to a Yelp Elite (laughs) event, and I was complaining because they didn't have any Bud Light or Coors Light, and they had craft beer. And I was like, I don't even know what the hell this is. Stone Brewing IPAs. I tried it. I was like, oh, shit, it's so bitter, so hoppy. You know, drinking Bud Light and Coors Light is like water. Yeah. This is good, yeah. by the way. Yeah. This is oh, I, good. I, I agree. That's a damn good one. Uh, but no, uh, then some guy overheard me and was like, dude, you never had craft beer before. And I was like, no. So he's like, all right, let's blow this joint. It was him, his wife, and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. Uh, they invited us over. We reluctantly went to some strange people's house. <laughs> and they busted out like 20, 25 craft beers from the lightest one they can find to the darkest and strongest one. And we spent that whole night drinking, and ever since that night, I've never drank uh, domestic beer ever again. I've been strictly craft beer. Wow. And then that's when he, we called it a night, he dabbed me up. He's like, all right, man, all right, brew brother. And that name just kind of sticked, so I created an Instagram oh that was dedicated to drinking craft beer and my journey in beer. And today, um, got like 25,000 followers, a yep. lot of sponsorships, uh, got to meet and brew with a lot of breweries. Uh, going to a lot of festivals, but meeting and brewing with breweries kind of 
awaken like, damn, I love drinking it, but I really like making this shit too. So yeah, yeah, that's how it all progressed, and now. Yeah, I'm Instagram famous, I guess. Now. So, yeah. Well, well, that's how we found you. So. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's yeah. So, so it we worked were, out we were, well. I yeah. don't even know how the topic was. That Ian that found him, right? I found him. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I, it was me. Sorry. Shout out to Greg, yeah, man. Shout out to Greg. <laughs> yeah. And I got to say, most people who first drink some sort of craft beer have that reaction. At oh, least, yeah. At least in my experience, and I know I had the same reaction. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, what the hell is this? Exactly. like this, yeah, super bitter, super, super bitter, hoppy. hoppy. Can't and explain it. Just tastes like you're drinking water with nickels soaked in it. Yeah. Like, it's just so, like, coppery. Right. Yeah. Tang. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and 99% of those people don't get the experience you did in meeting the right person that was yeah. able to sit down and show them the differences. Oh, yeah. So unless you're drunk like, as hell that night, don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> but you also were a little learned per se of what of what uh, a real craft beer is made of. So that's oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, so the next question for you is: share with us the process yeah. that you go through. I know there are many processes. There is. But what's what's your process? Is it a is it a specific style? Um, um, and, and if you can, as simple as you can, but also yeah. as specific as you can, let's take a start to finish. Um, I mean, know. brewing is fun. It, it takes a lot of time to do it, whether you're a home brewer or a professional brewer. Uh, definitely start off at home. Mm-hmm. That's so you can get a real concept of what it takes to brew a beer before, hey, I want to join a brewery or I want to open a brewery. And then you really just can't make good damn beer. I mean, it all starts with your water. You got to have good, clean water. Um, usually, rule of thumb, if the water is okay to drink, then it's okay to brew with it. Okay. Water is the main ingredient of the beer. Yep. Like, you can't make beer without it. I mean, you can, but it might be weird. So do you, like, boil it first? Uh, actually, you would treat it. Uh, the best thing to do is use filter waters like RO water or distilled water. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two types of waters, uh, all of the ions and um, all of that stuff, like, alkalinity salt uh all minerals and all that mineral stuff is all extracted or kind of filtered out mm-hmm. so you got a clean slate of water okay so the technical side of it you can brew beer with tap water you really can i mean it may or may not be good but mm-hmm. i highly recommend against that uh, but if you do ro distilled water you're adding those salts back in depending on the style of beer you're making so if you're making an IPA, you want to get some calcium, some gypsum, a little bit of Epsom salt to add in it to get those minerals to a proper level to adjust that pH of the beer. You have control at that point. You have full control at that point. If you just grab it out of your faucet or a water hose that's been sitting outside forever or your house, it is yeah, you just whack. Don't know what's yeah, in you it. don't know what's in it and it's not a clean slate. So that IPA can come out pure ass, yeah, by oh. drinking that. And you know, growing up, you know, you used to drink water out of water hose like it was nothing playing outside when it's a kid, but you don't want to brew with that water. Okay. Uh, From there, you got your water. Now you want to talk about the grain bill of what you're trying to make, whether it's a stout or IPA, a Blondale or Heffenweizen. You want to kind of get these grains together to try to develop that recipe. So you got your base malt, which is usually like your two row, uh, which is like an American malt. And you got your Pilsner, which is more German clean malt to make those Pilsners and those lager style beers. And then you also got, that's 
pretty much all I use. And you got some varieties like, you know, Maris Otter, Golden Promise that adds different flavors. All of these malts have their own flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. And a great way to understand what those malts taste like, just go to any one of the home brew shops that's out here in Austin and go try the grain. Like just pop a few kernels in, chew them up, taste them. They taste absolutely amazing, so there's nothing to worry about. Really? Wow. What? Yeah. And then depending yeah. if you're making a stout, then you want to add dark and roasted malts, like coffee malt, chocolate malt, all of these dark malts that's going to turn that beer black or brown to be a porter or a stout and give you those notes of coffee and chocolate and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, from there, uh, you mash all of that together as if you're making oatmeal. So you get your water up to a certain temperature. Uh, depending on the beer style, it can be anywhere from like 148 all the way up to about 150. 55 degrees add all of those grains once you crush the grains you still got to crush them and break them up add that to the water how do, you, how do you crush them with a grain mill so you got this milling system usually at home or at a home brew shop or a brewery you dump the grains in there and it has a motor that runs and it just runs and mills the grains turn it into like a dust or flour type of thing okay so you want fine powder. you want fine depending yeah. on your brewing system uh there's many brewing systems uh if you do brew in a bag which is one vessel like you have one pot and that's where you do your water you're going to mash in it you pull the grains out you're going to boil in that pot you chill in that pot or you have a three vessel system where you got a hot liquor tank where you heat up all the water that you need for the brewing transfer that to the mash tun that's where you're mashing all of those grains into the water to extract those sugars and everything out of those grains and then you also have the boil kettle where you transfer from that mash tun where you're mashing into the boil kettle, leaving the grains behind and only boiling the liquid, which is the actual wort that you're going to make beer out of. So yeah. there's, there's a, there's a legit awesome. science yeah. to this. It's I mean, a like, science. It's a cooking process. Uh, it, it's like cooking. I mean, you definitely got to get your chef home Boyardee on uh, <laughs> to really understand it. A lot of studying. Yeah, that's chef home Boyardee, man. That's me. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a whole process, man. And then, you know, once you... You know, extract that sugar water from those grains. That's where you add all your hops. So you're going to determine the bitterness for your hops, depending on how many hops that you add. The IBUs, which is the uh, perceived bitterness that you're going to develop out of that beer. So if it's a hoppy beer, you add a lot of hops. If it's more of a German style, like a lager, you really don't need that many hops. Or a stout, you don't need that many hops. Um, and then from there, once you're done boiling, you cool the beer down to yeast pitching temperature. Transfer it to your fermentation vessel, pitch the yeast. What is and the, the yeast ye pitching temperature? Yeah. Uh, usually, depending on the yeast strain, it could be about 65 degrees for the most L's. If you're doing lagers, you want to get it down to about 50 degrees. Okay. But now, there's a new incredible Hulk, per se, yeast strain, Kabaik yeast, which is from Norway, which has found its way to America, and that can ferment as hot as up to 100, 105 degrees. Wow. And that is highly unheard of, but in Texas in the summer... That is perfection. And yeah. that beer can make anything from a lager to an IPA to a stout to a sour. And it just has these crazy notes of like tropical fruits that comes with it. But yeah, once you pitch the yeast, the yeast is going to do its thing, eat all the sugar that's in that water or wort that you just made, and the yeast is what converts that sugar into alcohol. And how long does this process take up to this point? Uh, for an average beer, if you're doing like L's, it can be two to four weeks of fermentation before okay. you actually transfer it to a keg okay. or bottle it for it to actually be drank. So it's about six weeks from beginning to drinking. Okay. Yeah. And then and is there any time that sometimes you 
let it it's not like wine where the longer it sits the better it tastes or uh, depending it? on the style usually if you're doing uh wild fermentation beers like if you're working with brett yeast and lactobacillus if you're doing sours and wild ales i don't know if y'all familiar with uh jester king got yeah, more, yeah, their yeah, style of brew the longer you let those wild contaminated yeast eat at that work the more sour is going to get the more pronounced flavors so there's some i mean i have a solera project and a solera is kind of like a sour wild aged ale that's just been going in a barrel in my garage for two years now oh wow yeah and i don't know if it's good or taste i'm just letting it do its thing until i'm ready to say i think it's ready and so it's just on it you whenever you want to oh, yeah. give it a shot oh okay. yeah so interesting oh yeah that's pretty awesome it's it's cool that's stuff i mean it's, it's nerdy but i mean y'all guys are more than welcome to come over and hang out for a brew day and we, we, we can kick it. You, it's a, a you just day. gotta set a whole day aside. A brew day usually on a home brew level can take about six to eight hours from beginning to end. Wow. So what does that consist what? of? That consists of cleaning and sanitizing all of the equipment that you're gonna use. So yeah, if you're not making work. a Jester King type of beer, you yeah. want everything to be clean and sanitary. And there's a difference between cleanliness and sanitary. Yeah. So you gotta sure. clean it and you gotta sanitize it. And just a uh, boiling takes about an hour. If we're going to do a chunky stout, I have a Imperial peanut butter cup milk stout. It's about a 13% stout that has a cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and peanut butter added to it. Wow. it I boiled I that, that for four hours. So that brew day was like six to 12 hours. Uh, one collaboration that I did was with Jay Wakefield Brewing. They're a pretty awesome uh, stout sour uh, English barley wine type of brewery out of Miami, Florida. Mm. Great guy, great beer labels. All his labels is like comic book and movie covers with just his face and the brewer's faces oh, yeah, on yeah. it. And yeah. we actually did a uh, English barley wine called Trading Places. So if you Google okay. the Trading Places movie, he's yep. Dan Aykroyd and I'm Eddie Murphy and that's the label <laughs> of the beer. But it took us 16 hours to brew that beer and that was just boiling. Sure. We boiled it for 16 hours. So I flew from Austin to Miami, got off a plane, went straight to the brewery with my luggage, and we just got to work that night. Wow. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it's yeah. putting it, transferring it into the... To the fermentation the vessel, fermentation let it do its thing, let okay. the yeast eat it up, turn all of that sugar into... So the yeast eats the sugar in that wort, and it just poops out alcohol, per gotcha. se. That's the simplest way to put it. And then, yeah, depending on how much yeast or how much sugar it can eat, determines how strong or high ABV that beer is going to get. Like that triple IPA that Greg is trying to crush through. Yeah, 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 you said it. You said it. Hey, you're more than welcome to chase it with a sour beer to balance it out. Yeah. Yeah, I should have said that before you grabbed that one. I should have took that one. I got to say, I didn't realize that you can, I mean, the bulk of the work is right up front then. It's just, it's preparing everything. It's, it's. Doing the, the cooking process, basically. The cooking process is the longest of it and all. And then you just let it bake. And then you just let it bake. Yeah. You just wait it out. You know, it's kind of like baking. Don't open the oven. Just let it do its thing. When it's done, it's done. Yeah. So there's no rush. Low and slow. Yeah, low and slow. Exactly. The old Texas smoking ways. Yeah, do low and slow. You know, if, if you're looking, it ain't cooking. So, yeah, you just let it do its thing, and you're good to go. So yeah. Right. <laughs> so you're getting Monstera, like, Full steam ahead, right? What kind of hurdles have you seen or encountered so far? Uh, well, tell us about your, and also the time, prerequisite to that question, 
where are we at with Monstera? Is it just starting? Has it been going for a while? So Monstera is actually been just started, I would say, probably about a year ago. Okay. Um, before, I never really had the real intentions of like wanting to open a brewery. I was more of a contract brewer or gypsy brewer, quote unquote. What and is that? What that means is that instead of me opening my brewery, worrying about the overhead, hiring staff, getting insurance, getting the capital to open a brewery, I just go work at other breweries and we develop recipes together or we do a contract brew where I would be able to brew my beer on your system. Yeah. You get a percentage of sales or vice versa. We do a collaboration. I get a percentage of those sales from that collaboration. Wow. So that's how I kind of learned on the commercial brewing scale is just putting in time, like volunteering to clean up the mash ton, like getting all of those grains out of your mash ton, hosing that thing down to actually being able to develop a recipe and brew at breweries and work on a system. So at home, I have a 15 or 20 gallon system where I can brew up to 20 gallons of beer versus going to a commercial brewery where we're doing 40 barrels of beer today yeah. or 50 gallons of beer or something right. crazy like that. So being is that a, a constant? Is that a is that a thing? that is a thing? Contract brewing is a thing. Uh, co-op brewing is a thing. You know, you got Black Star Co-op, Fourth uh, Fourth Tap Co-op, yeah, who are all in here. Austin. And what that is, is just a bunch of brewers got together and it's like, it's your brewery for Tap or it's your brewery Black Star, but me, little Schmo Joe, Monstera Brewing can come in and rent your facility for a day or something like now, that. Now, say we go to a Black Star Co-op and yeah. then they have a few beers on tap. Mm -hmm. Would someone like yours? Beer be on tap. Yes, Bro, have y'all uh, been to High Sign Brewing yet? No. Okay, yeah. um, we what? actually just collaborated. Did two beers that's actually coming out tomorrow, what? and it'll be on tap at their brewery. So cool, I will man. be over there tomorrow. If anyone's listening today, is August seventh, so August eighth is releasing, and go. we'll be at High Sign, which is a, a Kavik Strain Yeast IPA. And because this is going to be awesome. released tomorrow today, go <laughs> check it out. Yeah. So High Sign, those are some cool friends. We did a couple of collaborations together i worked with a uh, red horn brewing up in cedar park yeah. they're one of the real prestige breweries in austin if you haven't made it that far north to check them out we did uh, a couple of beers together as well um yeah so that is awesome i, I think that's genius i didn't realize that i mean one it's like you said very expensive it's very expensive to mm -hmm. to maintain that oh, kind yeah. of uh, facility so why not collaborate with people and have people come and rent the space? Exactly. Temporarily or whatever. So, yep. so how, do, you, do you need to have a certain level of respect in the community to, for them to give you the yes on that? Or can you Good be question. anybody? Uh, as far as a co-op, I mean, that's really up to the person that's owning that space. Yeah. Uh, so far, I mean, I haven't had an issue, but also, you know, my persona online and everything may have a part in that. Mm -hmm. But I do know some people who is like just some home brewer that no one's ever heard of and went and did a collaboration with a brewery and uh, I actually did a collaboration uh, last year for one of America's uh, first black craft beer festivals so uh, it's called Fresh Fest and it's actually coming up in Pittsburgh it's in Pittsburgh this is its second year it'll be this Saturday August 10th and what it is is that they take 45 50 brewers and they pair them up with like black entrepreneurs 
So you got bloggers, you got magazine writers, you got home brewers or brewers. And yeah. that's what kind of really set the bar for me is that they reached out to me last year for this festival. It's like, hey, we've been following you on Instagram and we've seen you brewing beer and home brewing. And the picture you post of your beer looks damn delicious. <laughs> Would you like to be one of the first people of this festival like we don't even know what it's gonna do it's a black like we don't know how it's gonna be accepted in america right. you know and it's in pittsburgh of all places where the black community ain't really that big there and it was just like hell yeah let's do it so i did a beer with a brewery called dancing gnome they make hazy ipas and that's their forte and we did a, a beer uh it's actually a home brew of mine that brew is called die hard it's not a christmas movie so it got all of this national attention and magazines and podcasts and and USA Today and all this stuff. And it was like started this big debate of like people really going back and forth of why or why not Die Hard is or is not a Christmas movie. And then that just kind of got my name out there That's really. Hilarious. And yeah, and it just kind of took off. And now that is America's Black Crab Beer Festival. And it's one of the biggest crab beer. It got voted the number two beer festival in America by wow. USA Today and it's coming up this weekend after one year after one year wow. one year so now they're doing it again uh, I, I didn't I didn't sign up to do it or got the invite to do it this year because they wanted to let other entrepreneurs sure. and stuff shine but they're doing it again when one of my buddies from Texas who lives in Dallas just a home brewer Smittix Brewing he wants to start his own brewery in Dallas He's going to do a collaboration up there and have his beer poured. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you're gonna go. You're gonna go check it out. Uh, not this. Not this year. I actually, unfortunately, have a lot of things coming up. Like I got a trip to Mexico and all this other stuff coming up. So yeah, which is another thing. I'm actually going to go out to Mexico and do a collaboration brew with a, a Mexican brewery. Well, they're from San Diego. It's a husband and wife, okay, huh? and they moved to Mexico, like kind of expat, and opened a brewery out there. Nice. And I kind of stumbled upon them. And we were chatting it up last year, and now we're going to brew a beer together this year. Cool. So, it sounds like maybe international. Not yeah, maybe fortunate. Awesome. Yeah. Fun, so man. it's kind of like working on all of these different systems. All of these breweries have different systems, different methods, and you get to learn all of that. So when I do open a brick and mortar of Monster Brewing, now I worked on so many systems. I know what kind of system I want. Yeah. I know what kind of grains I want. I know how I want my brewery built out now. Market research. Market research. Totally. Field verifying, yeah, field. as yeah. in our field. So that's all I'm doing. So, so back to his question then, mm -hmm. like as far as hurdles up to this point, what have you experienced? Um, you know, what are your biggest struggles that you've encountered? So uh, man, the biggest struggle of it all is money. Uh, you really can't open a brewery comfortably unless you got money. Definitely. And safely, like, you just need a lot of freaking capital that's going to cover you for those first, like, two or three years until you get that ROI back or return of investment back. Sure. Uh, also, investors. A lot of people do or don't want investors. Me, I don't. I mean, it would be great to have investors, but I want to be the sole owner of my damn brewery. Of course. I want to run the show how I want to run the show. Unless I get investors, that's like, look, we just looking for a check. Run that shit however you want. Just pay us back. Yeah. Plus some. Yeah. Yeah. And that so money has been the most part. And then just location. I mean, Texas had some very barbaric laws. Thankfully, we have passed a lot of laws that lets Texas have a lot of freedom. We're the biggest damn state in this damn country with a lot of breweries per capita. But we were very held back in the beer industry due to Texas beer laws. But a lot of that is changing now. So. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Really cool. One of the many. Yeah. What is, uh, 
I, you've kind of mentioned already some of the impact that you've had on you know on the black brewing community mm -hmm. community but what kind of local impact um, would you like Monstera and your brand to have what I would like for Monstera to have is diversity uh, that's my biggest thing when it comes to craft beer uh, I don't want it to solely be this let's just face it male white male dominated industry where your flannel shirt beard brewer that's who you are yeah that's what you associate that. uh -huh. but i want you know black people mexicans women the lgbtq community everybody to have a hand to like know to how to up their palate what type of beers they do or don't like there's a lot of people who just don't associate with crab beer because they have that stigma like i had that one ipa and Absolutely. it ruined it for everything and it's like we're all drinking a very different IPA right now, different Indeed. percentages of alcohol and different <laughs> ingredients. So it's not like yep. you drink a Coors Light and now every light beer sucks. No, you drink that IPA, tastes nothing like this one. Like this one, if we were drinking these out of glasses, you would even see that there are different colors, different transparency. Sure. You can see through one. One is really hazy. That one is just thick like a damn milkshake. Uh, <laughs> this one, uh, if we had glasses, it is actually like blood red because of all the raspberries and fruit. What? And it has fruit in the beer, so when you're like drinking it, yeah. you're kind of somewhat chewing it at the same time oh, because wow. there's so much raspberry in that beer. Huh. So that's what I do is just so want to bring the diversity, welcome it up, and then also with that diversity is going to help bring more black people, uh, more Hispanics, more Asians, more women, more LGBTQ community into the beer industry so yeah. we can bloom this damn flower of crab beer because crab beer is absolutely amazing and necessary in today's society. Yeah, and what, what you've taught us today is that one, no beer can no beers alike. Uh, and, and Not in craft beer. The origin <laughs> the origin from craft beer craft beers, it just seems like it's infinite. There's so oh, many yeah. recipes and a mi millions of them. I mean, beer brewing goes back to, I mean, you got Belgian monks brewing beer. You had Egyptian slaves brewing beer. Really? Women is one of the original brewers of beer uh, in the world like that. So that's like knowledge. And I mean, then you got to think about today, like, oh, we got to be clean and sanitary. Back in those days, they didn't have clean and sanitary method like we're gonna stir this beer up with this tree branch over sure. here and our yeast is coming because we're throwing leaves and old pennies and shit into the beer and that's where we're getting yeast from that's going to make this beer what it is and fermenting at certain temperatures and pitching yeast at certain temperatures what we do today wasn't a thing back then like they didn't have refrigerators and glycol systems and all of this to keep your beer at 55 degrees i mean they barely right. had thermostats and they didn't know what the fuck the temperature yeah. was outside yeah. they just threw that shit in the old tin bucket and put that shit in the farm yeah, yeah. And well, can you imagine how that shit tastes though like for real it probably it tasted probably, like shit it back then, but it was like all they had to get drunk you just pound them more yeah, ale, more <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> That's so interesting. yeah when you think about the how particular we are nowadays it's yeah like we are we are prissy we <laughs> are we are we are we should okay. be yeah, we should be. We've, yeah. we've we have around, standards. We've been right. around this, life. this earth long enough to be able yeah. to do that. So. Yeah, we adapt. We evolve. That's all this is. Interesting. So what's the ultimate goal with Monstera then? What, what does the company look like for you in a dream world? How far do you want to take it? In a dream world, I would love to have a brewery here in Austin, Texas. Uh, this is my home now. Uh, relocated here from L.A. 
uh, Los Angeles, California, originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Also okay. lived in Vegas for a while. Uh, but I would love to have this brewery to be in Austin. Um, I would hope to have like a pretty prestige outdoor indoor type brewery like Jester King, Vista Brewing, sure. family business that has that outdoor environment, but also has some AC because it's hot as hell out here. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I would love to have a door that's open, uh, pets allowed. Uh, unfortunately, I might be one of those breweries, man. I did, I don't know what it is about Texas, but kids at breweries, man, that shit is crazy. But it's an adults-only facility. You can bring your dogs, but the kids got to stay home with the babysitter. But, yeah, I would say Dream World is just to get Monster Brewing open and make it a national product. I think with my persona online and what I built as being the brew brother, quote-unquote, yep. on Instagram and working with all these breweries and doing these uh, collaborations – that would help sell and promote it, uh, which is the reason why I kind of separated the Instagram, separated the life of the two, sure. is because I do want Monster Brewing to have its own stand and stance and name in the industry. Yeah. I don't want everyone to be like, oh, shit, the brew brother, boom. That's the only reason I'm going there. No, come here because it's Monster Brewing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so gotcha. that's what I'm looking for. And, and, and eventually, maybe they'll... You know, collide together, but, but oh yeah. I mean, you, I, one thing I can't get away from is being the brew brother. I mean, that's me. That's who I am. That's who a lot of people know me as, or that's how they met me before they actually knew me as a real person. Uh, and yeah, at least I have twenty five thousand people who will be able to come to a brewery just from that Instagram. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. So, who do you look up to, and like, who do you seek guidance from? Any authors? Any influencers? Mentors? Man, wow, that's a woo. Um, we gotta give some a credit to the guy who who introduced you, the Brew Brother. The yeah. Oh yeah, yeah shout, shout out to Matthew Block. He actually lives here in Austin, so I met him in LA. Who introduced me to crab beer? He moved to Austin, and we came out to visit him, and it was like, holy shit, Austin is a dope ass town. Yeah. and then it was like. <laughs> We're moving here, too. So he actually lives. We live in the same neighborhood up in awesome. Pflugerville. So, okay, cool. yeah. So big shout out to him. Uh, anybody that I would say that gives me guidance or I can refer to. I mean, wow. There's uh, Barack Obama, uh, Martin Luther King. Um, damn, that put me on the spot. <laughs> There's like so many names. Elon person. Musk out there. Shout out to Elon Musk. I just bought one of your cars, dude. You sold right. me on it. Yeah, yeah. Tesla, yeah I'm a cool, Tesla man. man. I'm a which, Tesla which man now. I got the Model Three, and I'm planning to put the down payment on a pickup truck that's coming out. Too. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I was supposed sick. to say that. Sorry, Elon. Don't sue me. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that pickup truck looks dope, and I'm putting the down payment yes. on that bad boy as well. So yeah, I actually get my Tesla tomorrow. So they Woo! built it and it delivers tomorrow. Your beer's coming out tomorrow. Beer coming out tomorrow. Tesla. My Tesla coming tomorrow. It's I'm winning day. right now, man. Tomorrow's a, tomorrow's <laughs> a good day. So it sounds like this awesome. is a celebratory. Yeah. Day so right cheers now. again, cheers. fellas. Cheers. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, Greg. Yeah. What? Yeah. This is a, this is always your favorite. One of your favorite questions. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. You know me so well, Jonathan. Let me ask you this. What What do you like to do in town? Oh. Yeah. What are your favorite places to go? Educate the public. Uh, well, one of my favorite things to do in town is my actual day job right now outside of brewing. Uh, I do commercial real estate. Uh, I've been in the commercial real estate or just real estate industry for the last 11 years now. Yeah. Uh, going on 12, I've done residential, commercial from industrial to real estate. I'm sorry, uh, retail, 
office flex space. Um, that's my passion. It's something that's really hard for me to say, do I want to give that up to go into brewing? One, the money is freaking damn good in real estate, especially in Austin right now because it's booming on the commercial side. And I just really love real estate. Um, my day-to-day, -day, I'm a brewery hopper. I'm a beer nerd, man. So I love going to breweries. Pint House Pizza is one of my oh, favorite yeah, breweries in Austin. Yeah, they got three locations. Got a fourth one coming. Uh, and yeah, but I've been to just about almost every brewery here in Austin and built relationships with them all. So awesome. yeah, I love beer hopping every weekend. So it's safe to say that uh, you're at Monstera one day, you're going to have some pizza on the side maybe? A little, uh, maybe. maybe. A little I mean, that's here. definitely the idea for Monstera. We'll definitely be a restaurant and brewery i just yeah. don't know what type of restaurant it might be barbecue and beer just because it's texas yes, might sir. as well play on that and now the tourists come in and love it yeah. or my, my wife is actually italian so we were thinking about doing italian and craft beer nice. so yeah and cool. she's a damn good Italian cook. So. I go. <laughs> yeah. I go. Either one. Please, oh, yeah. Please Sounds let good. us know yeah. when you launch it. We'll, we'll, we'll do. Good. We'll do. Hopefully soon. All right. We got a fun little quick game for you. Oh, shit. Let's do it. Yeah, the rapid ready. fire. <laughs> one word answers. All right. All right. You just got to spit it out. Quick. Yeah. Okay. One. When you're ready. Or, you know, if it's a phrase. And, okay. Yeah, 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 Let's yeah, do yeah. this. Ready? Go. Best brew in town. Electric jellyfish. Best tacos in town. Veracruz. Best date spot. You said date spot? Yeah. Lens. Yeah, it's a restaurant called Lens. Lens, okay. Yeah. Okay. Basketball or football? Basketball. Camping for three days or Vegas for two? Vegas for two, even though I hate Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I lived there half my life. <laughs> Scuba dive or skydive? Skydive. I can't swim. Barbecue or chicken? Barbecue all day. Great. The question was, or fried chicken. Or fried chicken. You can't just say chicken. Oh, it's still barbecue over fried chicken. Okay, okay. Yeah. Favorite thing to do in Austin, quick. You already told us. Drink thing. beer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find you on a typical Saturday night? At a brewery. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was, well, that was awesome. Awesome. Hey, you awesome. did great. Some people are like, uh... <laughs> No, that was awesome. Damn, that was fun. Yeah, I, I like that. Up that. What was it, Lynn's? Lins, L-I-N-S. So she is actually, uh, she's Asian, and she opened up this restaurant <laughs> off, uh, I believe it's on 6th Street. So they do like dumplings and all this stuff, but man, yeah. I mean, it's some of the, they have these dumplings that's full of wonton soup, so you got to be careful when you bite them. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but it's like so delicious. They got this East red six? snapper. It's West 6. West 6? Yeah. Oh, okay. I believe. I don't know. I'm turned around. <laughs> But Lynn's, check it out. It's dope as hell. That little, place is a spot. little ambiance for a date. Greg's got oh, yeah, it's a great there, date so. spot. It's a yeah. dope great. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. dope. It's dope. Greg's, I think Greg's you looking it. for his next yeah. date spot. <laughs> Ladies. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it is about that time, folks, to talk about the weekly, weekly brew. Brew, brew, Yeah. Woo! Yeah. So... Today it's time to talk a little bit about a small town called Hutto. We mustn't forget about this farm town because it's most certainly on the rise to becoming another Austin metro hotspot. How far is Hutto? From here, I'd say 45 minutes. From my house, five minutes. Five yeah. minutes. Yes, just on the north crest of Pflugerville. Um, so, yes, folks, there's going to be more than a Walmart now. 
Get excited. <laughs> does 95 acres of a mixed-use project sound good to you? It sure does to me. The new development will consist of single-family homes, multifamily development, commercial buildings, and open space on a tract near FM 1660 and Mager Lane. Write that down. You don't want to miss out. Imagine a place with farms, a barbecue, and movie theaters all in one place. Wait, imagine no longer. This dream is going to become a reality with the placement of Southside Market Barbecue Restaurant, a Flicks Brew House. You have to check that out. And a top-notch burger <clears throat> location. Now, let me ask you guys, is Hutto the next investment opportunity zone? Without a doubt. So I had a listing. Yeah. Of course, you're in commercial. We're in residential. Mm -hmm. I had a listing in Taylor yeah. recently. Yeah. We're closing next week. I went out there, and I was amazed to see how much space, how beautiful it was. And Taylor's just beyond Hutto, so of course I went through Hutto. Yeah. There's so much space out there. And you're basically saying there's going to be another domain in the pretty area, much. essentially. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, yeah. what do you think, Mr. Commercial? Uh, I can't confirm that. Uh, there's actually going to be a couple of little domains coming over the next few years. We've that's got the right. one that's coming up in Huddle, one that's going to be in the Round Rock, Pflugerville type yep. of area. We well. talked about that the one. District. The district is going to be here, and that's going to be my baby. Uh, since I live so north in Austin, the domain spot. is my downtown because yeah. I don't really come south of the river that often. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a lot of booming stuff coming to Austin in the commercial side, that's for sure. So we're going to have to go to you for, for, for these new ideas. Oh, uh, the yeah, new man. There's, coming up. there's yeah. a lot of stuff. By 2023, Austin is going to be a mini L.A. Because it's going to be just high-rise, high-rise, condo, condo, and a lot of office and retail space. You said 2023? 2023. That, that is not far away. That far. is not far yeah. away. So there's yeah. already groundbreaking in so many areas of Austin that's going yeah. to push out a lot of residents, unfortunately, and a lot of older buildings. Uh, the industrial market out here is going to dwindle down even more bottom line i think what, what our, our guest is saying here today is find yourself a sharp real estate agent and buy now now's the time to buy you heard 2023 is just heard it here first it, it really doesn't matter where you go southeast northeast northwest south central i mean i'm telling you everywhere in the austin area is doing well and our office we talked about some numbers today our office alone is up 15%. Wow. 15% from last year. Wow. Wow. Written contracts and closed contracts. That's not to say, that's just our office. That's yeah. not to say the, the, the Austin Everybody market else. in general. I mean, yeah, the Austin market is booming. As yeah. soon as last year we had like one low month and people were like, uh oh, is it the turn? Doesn't look no. like it yet. Not nope. Austin. Yeah. Nope. I don't foresee it at all. We're, we're different. So. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed getting to know about Monstera Brewing and their beer-making process. Make sure to check out their Instagram page at The Brew Brothers. Did Wait. I get that right? The Brew Brother. The Brew Brother. B-R-O-T-H-A. Yeah, just making sure. And then we also have at Monstera Brewing as well. That's right. Boom. We've also got some great interviews scheduled in the upcoming weeks that you won't want to miss. Remember... Subscribe on iTunes. That way you get a little notification when your, our latest episode comes out each week. We'd love a five-star rating if deserved. And please don't forget to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Until next week, Austin, cheers. Cheers. cheers.